Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1762. March is Women's Month and March 8th is International Women's Day. So here on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating women in the automotive sector by having conversations with 23 inspiring automotive enthusiasts through the month of March. Women who are shifting the conversation. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today, I'm in beautiful Emeryville, California, with a very special guest and actually a longtime friend of mine, Emily Morris. Emily, welcome to Cars Yeah! Are you ready to uh, put it in gear and release the clutch? Yes, I am. All right, we'll have some fun here. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, maybe share with the listeners one little thing that most people don't know about you. And remember, your dad's probably listening. <laughs> well, he... <laughs> He will know this one, um, but I got to drive uh, my 1991 E30 at the Pacific Raceways with the BMW Club when I was growing up. Yes. Uh, my dad thought it would teach me to be a better driver, uh, so he took me quite a few times. It was a lot of fun, and I highly recommend it for any young drivers. Yeah, absolutely. My kids went through the program there at Pacific Raceway. It was a great thing for them. Uh, they have said over and over it's helped them with situations they've found themselves in, usually with distracted drivers or bad weather and things like that. But, you know, I'll tell our listeners, I'm good, good friends for, gosh, probably almost 30 years now with Emily's father, Bill. He's a regular listener here. He and I race vintage cars together. We've gone to many car events together. Emily and her siblings and her dad and I have been at Pebble Beach for the last 20, 30 years for me, 20 years, something like that for you, Emily. So we've been hanging out around cars for a long time. And I thought she'd be a great guest today because while she doesn't work specifically right now in the automotive industry, she has in the past, as you'll hear, she's an avid automotive enthusiast and very eager to share her engineering and design background with what she does as a career, but also her passion for cars. So let me give her a brief introduction. Emily Morris is a product development engineer working in the Bay Area. Over the last 14 years, she has worked in the aerospace the automotive and the medical device industry as a manufacturing engineer. Her love of cars started while attending vintage car races with her dad and me, who raced a variety of old cars, including a Lotus, an Alfa Romeo, and a Lola, to name a few. Emily's passion inspired her to graduate from the Vehicle Research Institute in Western Washington University, and she joined Tesla Lathrop Facility as a process engineer for their powertrain manufacturing line. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Emily about her career and her passion for cars, but first a word from our valued sponsors. So sit tight, keep your seatbelt on. We'll be right back. Did you know Covercraft offers you much more than car covers? floor mats, seat covers, and trunk liners? That's right. When you visit Covercraft.com, you'll find cologne custom bras, LeBra front end covers, and hood protectors that protect your vehicle's front end while you're on a road trip. No more rock chips or hours removing that nasty bug jerky from your grill and your paint. 
You'll find vehicle seat back organizers that keep everything in check, perfect for all the kids' things in the back seats, spidey gear webs that keep your cargo in your truck bed safely in place, seat heaters, cargo bars, pro nets, rooftop carriers, and pet travel barriers to keep Fido in the back seat. They even make tire covers. And don't forget their dash mat, dashboard covers that shield your vehicles from the sun's damaging UV rays and their sunscreens, my favorite. Their pet protection pads are easy to install, easy to remove, and washable. They protect your floors and seats from Fido's damaging claws, messy fur, and slobber. Everything at Covercraft is carefully engineered and quality made. I've used their interior protection on all my vehicles for many years. And I've got a really great deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off. That's right, 10% off. So just use the code YEAH21 at checkout at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I found a new way to protect my vehicle. American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collectibles of automobilia and automotive collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool automotive collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting us automotive enthusiasts since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did. American Collectors Insurance, classic car and collectible insurance designed by collectors for collectors, just like you and me. All right, Emily, we are back. And let's go a little deeper into the corner here and share more about your career, your passion for cars, and maybe perhaps talk a bit about your role today in the world of engineering. And uh, I like to say it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking a little bit. I know you like to get out on the track, as you said. So, Emily, take the wheel. Uh, well, right now I'm working as a mechanical and process engineer with Ronin Product Labs uh, in San Francisco. Uh-huh. I actually recently became a partner with them, uh, which I'm really excited about. Whoa. Well, that's that's big news. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, yeah, recently became a partner. So we work as uh, a consulting group. And so we're hired out by corporations that are working to develop new products. And we help them with you know, years of experience, you know, hundreds of product launches with all the the different people working with us. So we help them develop robust and sustainable designs. I don't know if I've ever worked with such an incredible group of people, both brilliant and kind. Very cool. What are some of the kinds of things that you guys create? Well, it's a little it's a little difficult to talk about, so I'm not sure what you can give up. Yeah, I'm not sure how much I can how much I can divulge. But you know, we we work from you know micro mobility, so scooters, and we do lots of really interesting consumer products. Yeah, all sorts of interesting things. Now, I know that you worked for a while at Tesla. Can you talk about some of the fun, cool things you did at that crazy company? Yeah, it was quite a wild ride. I worked there post Model S launch, but right about when the Model X was getting launched. So 2015 to 2018, 
I was there for the Model 3 launch. I was there when they started working on the um, the big casting that they do now for the Model Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that work was developed uh, at the Lathrop facility. So, yeah, just incredible people working there. And their passion and unending drive is is really impressive. The product that I worked on was the, the large drive motor, which goes into the, the insanity mode. <laughs> um, you know, the, P, the P100Ds, so the super powerful uh, Teslas. And it was it was an incredible experience being able to work on electric motors and, you know, really see what makes them tick. It was, yeah, it was a great experience. Now, I know you're a diehard petrol head, but do you drive an electric car today? I am actively looking at buying an electric car. The instant torque is hard to ignore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, as a as a love of driver, uh, you know, love I love driving. So yeah. the sound of the car and the rumble is definitely not the same. But yeah, I've been I've been actively looking at buying a Tesla lately. So we'll see. You know, there may be a uh, electric car in our future too. I keep thinking the next car, which the next car we buy will be for my wife. She's the oldest car, so she's next in line again. But yeah, it's it's fascinating to me. I've driven a few; they're really fun, and for our lifestyle, it would be absolutely perfect. We don't drive our cars that much. We don't go that far, especially now for me. Sadly, my M3 sits in the garage, so. Uh, you know, is the way it is. So that might be a cool future. Let's talk a little bit about your passion for vintage cars and being around vintage cars and classic cars and things. You've had some cool drivers. You mentioned uh, an M3. I believe you drove one as a daily driver for a while, right? Yeah, I had a, a 1988 M3 for uh, for a little while. Uh, I had to sell it to my brother because it's not a great daily driver. <laughs> I was driving out to from Tacoma to Auburn. So, you know, it was 45 minutes each way right. in traffic. So yeah, yeah. I absolutely loved the car, but I didn't have a, a garage to keep it in. So uh, it yeah. needed it needed a better home. Yeah. So, um, so Joe's got that ride now. Does he still have that car? Yeah, he's, he definitely still has it. Yeah, that's a cool car. I remember when your dad got that car originally. That was cool. Well, when you think about old cars for you, what kinds of old cars are you passionate about that, that you love? Oh, definitely Porsches. Uh, I was born in in Germany in the you know early '80s, so those cars that you know the turbo wide body it just <laughs> does it does something to my brain that very few other cars uh, you know really strike that note. Yep. So yeah, I love also BMWs. Just a German car girl in general, I'd say. Sure. Mostly probably inspired from my father. You think? <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Well, I know yeah. he's he's got a Porsche Turbo. Maybe we, you know I could twist his arm a little bit. He could just hand that off to you. That would be a good <laughs> idea. Yeah, with his cold dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. But I'll, I'll do my best for you, Am. I'll. Uh, uh, thanks for putting in a good word for yeah, me. I'll definitely put a good word in for you. Let's talk a little bit about your inspirations, maybe a mentor in your life that's helped you to be successful. Who's that person been and what were the lessons learned? I would have to say Don Myers, my my first aerospace manufacturing engineering manager. Mm-hmm. It was my first engineering role uh, and I was the only lady engineer. So going into that, I didn't have a lot of confidence and I didn't really understand what the expectation was. So he really taught me that I do good work 
and that I should have confidence uh, and be able to really stand on my own feet and be proud of what I do. Nice. He treated me like a member of the team and never let me doubt my value and what I brought to the table. Wow. Well, wonderful to have somebody like that in your life. When you think about this path, the career path you've chosen, engineering, which more and more women are doing now, but as you know, my wife was an engineer, and when she graduated, there were only, I think, two women in her class, and she worked in engineering for years, and she was the only one in the office amongst men who lots of times didn't treat her as an equal, so she dazzled them with her brilliance because she's <laughs> she's very, very smart like you are. What kind of advice would you offer to young women or older women wanting to get into the career of engineering or motorsports or anything that has to do with that that's typically a man's world? I hate to say those words, but it's not that way, but it's changing. It's improving. So how would you advise other women who are seeking to go into a field like yours that has in the past predominantly been male-oriented? It's changing, which is great, but it still seems to be heavy on the male side. What's some of those words of wisdom you might offer them so they can be successful like you've been? I would definitely say that they need to learn to advocate for themselves. Hmm. I have had a similar experience to your wife where I'm not taken seriously from the get-go and I have to prove myself and my ability. Mm -hmm. I've learned how to do that so I can wow them and have them treat me like an equal relatively quickly. But if I'm going into a new group, I don't want to have to do that every time. So learning how to advocate for yourself and get people to see where you are in your abilities quickly is an important thing. But it's also important as a woman that you can't necessarily be too strong. Yeah, so it's a, it's a fine line. I really I listen and I hear what they are really asking for. And then I'm able to get across my abilities through being able to give them the the answers that they necessarily didn't even realize that they needed. Exactly. Yeah, that's what helped Jill, my wife, back in the day. Her boss said, you know what, dazzle them with your brilliance. Just show them that you have the skill, the capability, and you'll be fine. And eventually that respect was earned in that way uh, without coming across too pushy or bossy or rude or whatever might you might call it uh, so that you can work because they are colleagues. You need to work together. But it's hard. <laughs> she came home many days going, I can't believe what somebody said to me today. So, yeah, it's, it's a challenge. But showing people who you are, what you can do, what you're capable of is definitely the way to do it. What has you excited and fired up about the industry and your business as an engineer these days? Well, I'm a lifetime learner and I want to learn how to make high tech products with cutting edge manufacturing processes. Mm. And so my role now, working as a consultant, I get to jump in and out of different projects. And so I'll have a variety of customers all over the product spectrum. How fun. Uh, in, in my previous roles, I really worked on one or two products. Mm -hmm. But this way, I can see different points of the development cycle for different different products. That's got to be really rewarding because you, you now you're really rounding out your career in a lot of ways. And wherever you decide to go later, you can start to say, I really like that aspect of design and production manufacturing. And that could help steer you down that path, I would assume. Correct? Yeah, that's definitely my hope that it'll teach me what I want to learn about in engineering, you know, what really drives me. And I can focus in in that, that particular area of the development cycle. 
Absolutely. I'll tell our listeners, and you know, we mentioned Emily's father, my good friend, Bill. Yeah, she comes from very good stock. Let's put it that way. <laughs> he's, he's a neurosurgeon. Her sister's a, um, a flight surgeon or a nurse? A, a flight nurse. Yeah. Flight nurse. Yeah. yeah. There Helicopters you, and everything. Yeah. And their brother, Joe, works in the uh, real estate industry, I believe. Mm-hmm. Commercial real estate. Commercial real estate. So there's a bunch of smarties in this family. That's for sure. Yeah, they're always dazzling me with their brilliance. It's hard to keep up with you guys sometimes. <laughs> but I think it's pretty cool. Well, what's the favorite thing about, you, you mentioned doing different things in your business. If you think about the favorite thing in your business that you might be steering towards in the future, is there something you've come across with what you're doing now that you, you're kind of targeting in on? Or are you just absorbing it all right now? I'm doing a lot of absorbing, but right now I'm working on destructive testing. Oh, fun. You get to break stuff? Yes, I totally do. <laughs> and it's my first uh, my first foray into that. And I've, I've seen it done before, but uh-huh. I was never able to, to participate. And so this is my first opportunity to really get hands on and break things. And it's it's just so much fun. And it's providing a lot of really useful information. So it's very productive uh, destruction. It's great. Well, it's, yeah, it's good. Sometimes I've bought things before and they broke and I've gone, who engineered this? Why didn't they think of this? How, what a weak, a weak link in this part of the chain, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that sounds like fun. Very cool. Well, let's take a short break and thank our sponsors. We come back. I want to get under the hood with a little challenge that you've had in your career so far. So keep the seatbelts on. We'll be back with Emily Morris in just a minute. Crash jewelry is handmade from the metal of luxury cars while preserving the original factory paint. Founder Christy Schimpke came up with the idea when she moved her jewelry studio into her husband's Los Angeles auto body shop. After watching beautiful Porsche ultraviolet fenders and Ferrari Rosso Corsa hoods head to the scrapyard, she developed her own unique upcycling process of cutting, bending, and sanding the metal into unique wearable pieces of beautiful automotive art. For Women's History Month here on Cars Yeah, Crash Jewelry is giving away a special Ferrari Art Deco cuff. The cuff includes an empowering message engraved inside. Enter to win today by subscribing at CrashJewelry.com. Plus, Christy is offering Cars Yeah listeners 10% off in March when you use the code Cars yeah at checkout. That's CrashJewelry.com and use the code Cars yeah today. And don't forget to follow Christy on Instagram at CrashJewelry. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. Join Linkage. Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. All right, Emily, we are back. Now, when you think about your career, what's one of the biggest obstacles that you've had to overcome so far to move past that situation? And what was the lesson learned? 
So the biggest difficulty that I've encountered is I've had 13 managers in 14 years what? of working as an engineer. Oh my I've gosh. Only, I've only held five jobs. Wow. So with that revolving door of leadership, it was really difficult to achieve a senior engineering title because I would have to prove myself to a new manager again, almost once a year. And again and again. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so they would meet me. They'd see my work. They'd say, oh, yes, you totally deserve this. Here's some hoops that you have to jump through. Once we get through with that, then we'll move forward on this process. And I would jump through those hoops. I would do, present my information. And then they'd say, oh, hey, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with this. Good luck. And then here's, someone new would come in. Here's Billy Bob. He's the new guy in town. Exactly. Oh. And so, you know, it got to the point where I wasn't getting any credit for the work that I had already done because my manager wasn't aware of it. Yeah. And so it was really difficult to achieve, but it really taught me how to be self-reliant, self-driven and to push for what I want from my job. So my biggest regret is staying at a job after I stopped learning. You know, this is a really important one. You dropped a golden nugget, a big value bomb there, as I like to call them. <laughs> because so many people get comfortable in a situation and comfort equals, I think, a slowdown, lack of improvement. It's just when you get comfortable, you need to start worrying in a career. Yeah, I totally agree. Once you once you hit that plateau, you know, it it can be nice to sit and be comfortable for a little while, but then you really got to get back up and keep moving because the world isn't stopping. And if you do, then you're just going to get left behind. Well, exactly. And I would think you mentioned the words lifelong learner, your father being a physician, physicians always are learning because it's their career is evolving there. Your dad said this once to me, I'm in school forever. I'm always going to be in school. I have to keep learning what the new techniques are. You think about surgery, they're doing things with robotics now. I mean, all these different things than when he started way, way back when, you know, because he's an old guy like me. <laughs> Said that for you. <laughs> yeah, it's evolving for sure. Let's ask you this. If somebody's out there and they're dealing with this, because back in the old days, back to the old days, you know, people would stay in their same careers forever. Now, young people, they don't do that anymore. And it's almost a, a badge of pride that they go, you know, I've worked in five different places in six different years. And that's a good thing because I keep growing and getting better and better and better. And even big companies I've seen, they do that on purpose. Like my son works for Google. My daughter-in-law works for Facebook and they keep pushing them to move to the next level all the time. They don't like them sitting still. I would assume the same was probably at Tesla. Yes, definitely. And at my, at my, current role as well. You know, they're always saying, okay, this is what we're doing today, but what do you want to do tomorrow? And how can we help you get there? Got to learn, got to evolve, got to grow. So when you start feeling that comfort zone, that's a warning sign for you guys out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Time mm -hmm. to learn more and get out of your comfort zone. That's where the good things happen. Just like, just like on the racetrack. That's where you learn how to go a little bit faster. You're a young woman, and I would assume you have a lot of things on your bucket list. Are there some things in your career you still really want to accomplish that you're looking forward to? Oh, definitely. My next biggest challenge is to become a mechanical engineer. Uh, so this is a little nuanced, but my background is manufacturing engineering. Mm -hmm. So I'm figuring out how to make things and how to continue to make you know, thousands of them. A mechanical engineer is the designer, so they are the ones that are actually picking the features and developing 
the CAD, the computer-aided drafting of the, the part that you're making. So I'm, I'm trying to kind of swim upstream and to learn how to be a designer. Very cool. That was my wife's major when we met in college, mechanical engineering. So I think you're going to have some fun with that. You got the right mind for it too, knowing you. So I think you'll have no trouble being successful in that area. What are some of the positive ways that you've learned to give back to others to help them either in your career or even outside of your career? Well, the in the automotive sector, there's a lot of stereotypes about lady engineers. At my, my job with Tesla, one of the first meetings I had with my production manager, he warned me not to be too catty. And to have someone in the leadership position, that's the first thing that they want to say to you, was, was really hard to hear. Right. Especially because I am a very calm and nice person. <laughs> yeah, so I would say that's true. Of, the, the idea of being catty it just doesn't, it's just not something that I, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it really caught me off guard. And I was also really, I was treated like a, a personal assistant more than, more than an actual engineer, mm. uh, when I first started. And so my hope is that I really helped kind of break the, the paradigm of what these, uh, leaders were expecting from a female engineer and I was able to, you know, break through those barriers and really show that I had value as a problem solver, you know, right. not just here to take notes, but actually solve problems. Yeah. And my hope is that uh, I'll make it that, you know, that exposure may will make it easier for the next women joining that team. Having a diverse team allows for more creative solutions. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully you taught that gentleman something, uh, helped him see a different perspective, I guess might be the best way to say that. So he doesn't make that mistake again. Oh, jeez. Well, sometimes (laughs) us guys put our feet in our mouths. I'm sorry for that, but uh, you got to help us. And I think you've done (laughs) that there. So thank you for your help. What's your greatest high point in your career so far? Something you're really proud of? Well, while I was working at Tesla, I worked on the the large drive motor and it's still going. I, I left them in 2018 and I'm I still uh, have a lot of friends that work there so they can tell me like oh is, is my production line still still going strong <laughs> yeah and, you know they're like yeah it requires you know very little attention and it's still running running really strong and they've actually retired uh, I believe the the small drive motor which came out as a replacement for the large drive to to kind of move away from the old design and make a new design but it it was retired so the large drive actually lived longer than its replacement and wow. you know a lot of the reason it was able to do that was because of the work that I put in and my team put in uh, to make it a sustainable manufacturing process You know, I have a nephew and his wife has a Tesla. He works for Tesla and he said that brand is like Apple. People are just in love with it that have it. And he said people will call us about repairs and they almost apologize they're bothering us. Whereas he worked for Volkswagen (laughs) for 11 years before and he said people would just be irate and they'd come in and be so mad their car was broken. And he said it's just such the opposite. And when he He and his uh, wife bought a Tesla for her. She's not really a car person. Um, She's an EMT, so she does similar to what your sister does, uh, Mm -hmm. helps people who've been in accidents and things. But he said she's like a 16-year-old schoolgirl in her first car. She just loves this thing. I mean, it's like a car is something to her now, whereas before it was just a way to get to work, nothing important. So they've done a good job with that brand, and you 
you did in your way when you were there as well to create this iconic thing that's happening. And it, do- it doesn't hurt when you have a leader like Elon Musk out there. Who's- <laughs> Sometimes it hurts. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. But you know what? You don't get to do the things, or get to his levels without being a little bit different, if yeah, you will. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I got to sit in an, in a Clubhouse talk, the new app out there, Clubhouse, with him a couple of weeks ago. And, oh, my gosh, that was interesting. It's like sitting in a room. If anyone's used that new app, it's brand new. You have to be invited to get in. And my kids were really impressed that I was a member. They didn't even know about it. So, uh, oh, wow. cutting edge. But he got invited into a meeting, and I got to sit there and listen to him for two and a half hours hours on a Saturday night. Talk about going to Mars and Tesla and all this stuff. It was incredible. Yeah. Just, you just, you're, you feel like you're sitting amongst a a mind that goes, it's from some other planet, which I guess that's where he wants to go back to is his planet. Maybe (laughs) maybe that's where he's from. I don't know. Let's uh, take a short break. Thank our sponsors. We come back. I'm going to talk to you about the ultimate drive. So sit tight, keep your seatbelt on. We'll be right back. Cars yeah is proud to support our veterans, which is why I've teamed up with our nonprofit partner, Tech Force Foundation, through its Veterans at Work Military Transition Campaign. The tech shortage is very real, and our country needs skilled, qualified techs to keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. When so many vets build their skills in maintaining and servicing vehicles when deployed, TechForce helps transition those skills to jobs as professional technicians when they come home. Learn more about TechForce Foundation and its Veterans at Work Military Transition Fund at techforce.org today. All right, Emily, here's a fun question. If I could take you on a special ride with anyone out there and any automobile of your choice, this could be somebody who's living or deceased. Who would that person be and what would the automobile be? So the car would be a 507 BMW. Ooh. Uh, and I'd want to go with my dad. I haven't seen him much over the last year because of COVID. And so it would just be a real treat to get to ride around in that car with him. Um, and I would definitely want to be the one driving because I love driving <laughs> and I'm sure it would make him nervous. Uh, I'm a really good driver. Yep. He taught me very well, but uh, I'm pretty sure he would still be nervous. <laughs> That's pretty fun. Now, I know you and your family have been doing Zoom meetings every week, which is a pretty neat idea with this COVID thing, not being able to get together. Yeah. And I stay in touch with your dad. I've seen him a bit since he and I live close to each other. So if you got into this 507 with your dad, and let's say you're cruising through Europe in this thing, and you already answered the question, who will be driving? That would be you. You go, girl. I like that answer. <laughs> What's maybe a question or two you would ask him? Um, I would probably ask him uh, what he knows about the area. Uh, he lived in Europe for a while and has an incredible memory for, for history, and he's just so knowledgeable. So, you know, I'd probably ask him a question about where we were driving or something about the car. And I'm sure he'd be able to rattle off lots of awesome information. Oh yeah. Yeah. His memory is sharp. Tack sharp, as they say, the stuff he remembers. <laughs> yeah. You got to be careful what you say to him because he'll remember every, every little thing. So. Oh yeah. And he'll bring it up again later. <laughs> oh yeah. He's good at that. How about yeah. a book, Emily? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would glean some great information from? Uh, yeah, the uh, Brandon Sanderson, uh, his Stormlight Archive. It's a series of books um, that he's been writing for a number of years. I think he just released number four this last November. Uh, it's a high fantasy, but it deals with real world issues like depression and avoidant behavior. It has many ideals for life 
that I really take to heart and I think will make uh, for a better world. So the sort of idea of uh, life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination, the idea of uniting instead of dividing, and the idea that it's important to take responsibilities, take responsibility for your failures, but to rise up and to, to be better next time. Nice. First time that book's been recommended here. Sounds absolutely splendid. So I'll make sure to put a link to that on Emily Morris's show notes page on the Cars yeah website so you can get your hands on that book. And remember, there's a place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where there's over 1,800 books listed there. And I've made it very easy for you to click and buy. Emily, you've taken us on a really wonderful ride today. You know, it's good to reconnect with you and get to know you and talk to you in a different format than typically I think of you as Bill's daughter. And I know you're a professional woman and you've worked in the field, but this is really, really a joy for me to have you on the show. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Before we part ways, could you offer our listeners one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance? Uh, for that, I have to quote Maya Angelou. Uh, Hope for the best, prepare for the worst, and un- be unsurprised by anything in between. <laughs> you know, we generally have act- have very little control over what happens in our lives. It's more of an influence than actual control. But we do control how we respond to challenges. And so it's important that if you see something scary, that you push yourself to get outside your comfort zone and to to always be a lifetime learner. Yeah, I love it. Wonderful, wonderful words of inspiration there. What's the best way to follow along with you or learn more about the company you're working with? We have a website, but it's currently under construction. So unfortunately, I don't have any good, and I I have a pretty low profile on the social media. Yeah, you're a very stealthy lady. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I make I mark myself uh, can't be found via search. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, when when you get that new website up, uh, send me a link to it. I'll put it on Emily Shono's page so people who might be looking for services of your company can find you guys and inquire and hopefully send some business your way. Listeners, again, you can find everything Emily has shared on her very own show notes page here on Cars. Yeah, I want to thank you, Emily, for being part of Women's Month, a celebration of women here at Cars, yeah, and for sharing your expertise and your guidance and your wisdom. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Did you know that Cars, yeah, is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Lipson, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. And Cars Yeah! is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at or through the website at carsyad.com today to learn more.